When Hillary Clinton joined three other cabinet officials on May 16th to announce the Obama administration's international strategy for cyberspace, she specifically said to one individual in her remarks, Chris Painter, who heads the newly created State Department Office of the Coordinator for Cyber Issues. Clinton pointed out that Painter helped lead the development of the strategy and is taking the lead in the State Department to work with other nations and partners to promote the strategy's broad goals. Hello, I'm Eric Chabra of GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group, and I'm pleased to be speaking with Chris Painter, who, as many of you know, was a top advisor to White House Cybersecurity Coordinator Howard Schmidt. In fact, Chris served as acting cybersecurity coordinator in the months before Schmidt took office. Thanks for taking time to speak, Chris. Very happy to be here. Thank you, Eric. The International Strategy for Cyberspace is a broad document identifying seven principles that include economic engagement, law enforcement, military cooperation, international development, Internet freedom, multi-stakeholder Internet governance, and protecting networks. In a moment, I'd like to focus our discussion on one of those principles, network protection. But first, with four cabinet secretaries and three other senior executives making the announcement, the international cyberspace strategy must be very important to American diplomacy and cybersecurity. Why so? It really is. What makes this document, I think, remarkable is it is the first time that the United States or really any country has taken this full sweep of cyber issues that, as you said, range from interim issues to governance issues to economic issues to cyber crime, fighting cyber crime issues to cyber security to protecting military networks to ideas around norms of behavior and how you deal with state-on-state situations. No one has put all that together under a broad strategic framework. And I think it's critically important that that happen because although there's been a lot of good work done in all of those areas before, they are necessarily interrelated. And we are much stronger, I think, as a country and in terms of our international policy to recognize that interdependency and how they relate and have a coherent strategy going forward with respect to all of those things. What are the mechanics behind your office? Uh, Who do you report to and who do you work with? I report to the Secretary. Uh, It's a new office that was created in what's called the QDDR, the Quadrennial Diplomacy and Development Review, that came out back at the end of last year. The idea of the office was uh, addressing a long-standing need that the Secretary and the Deputy Secretary, Jim Steinberg, recognized, which is that this really is, and the Secretary said this in her remarks on Monday, this is a new foreign policy imperative. This basket of issues really is a new foreign policy priority, and I think too often in the past, this has been seen as a collection of either niche issues or technical issues, and it really has transformed itself and elevated itself to a major policy issue and a major policy issue on the international stage. So the way this office is structured is we're a small office, but we're a small office that spans those different disciplines. I'm the coordinator for cyber issues, so I have the office uh, right now. And we are still building the office. I've only been into it about two months now. But I have someone who has worked in the Economic Bureau here in state has worked a lot on the standards and economic issues. I have someone from uh, DRL, which is Democracy and Human Rights. I have someone who's had a long-term experience in cybersecurity and also norms of state behavior and working in those issues. So really that whole breadth of issues is represented here. How we work and what and how we're structured, we're, we're going to be about six people, six uh, people at least initially, but we are going to be magnified or leveraged all the different work that's going to happen at the State Department. One of the things we're doing is that every regional and functional bureau of the State Department has someone who is dedicated to work with us as part of a coordination group. And that pulls in all of those different things the State Department is doing. And as you might know, Eric, the State Department 
is in many ways a microcosm for the rest of the federal government. We work on standards issues, we work on security issues, we work on internet freedom issues, we work on a whole span of issues. We're also leveraging our embassies. One of the great assets of the State Department is the posts all over the world and the people in those posts. Just like this is a cross-cutting issue here, it's a cross-cutting issue in the embassies, which involve the economic people there, the policy people, political people, the legats and others, to build expertise in this area. And then we work, of course, with all of our agency partners. The agencies I worked with when I was at the White House are the same ones I'm working with here, and working with them very closely, and of course working with the White House as well. So I guess the short answer is we're working with all those people, and then the reason for all that is we're working very closely with foreign governments and international institutions. That really is what diplomacy is about is building a consensus about the vision that was articulated in the strategy. Is this a new way of looking at how diplomacy is carried out or even government is carried out in the sense that cyber is being integrated into all aspects of governing? Yeah, I think it is. That's why when I say that this is a new foreign policy or when the secretary says this is a new foreign policy imperative, uh, I think not just us. I think the United States and the Secretary has been a leader in looking at this issue and recognizing this issue as a foreign policy perspective, and certainly the President's strategy is a leadership document that shows that. But other countries are beginning to uh, to treat it that way, too. And even, even since my post was created and announced, there are other countries, the U.K., Germany, and some others, that are looking or have created similar posts in their government. So I think it's a recognition that this is really something that transcends a whole lot of different issues. I mean, as you know, Eric, we are so dependent. Uh, this technology has been so transformative for both economic and social and free flow of information and free flow of ideas across the board that that, I think, is elevated to something that is important to make sure that that continues into the future and the, and the uh, vision that we want for this technology prevails. Okay, on to a network protection. Among the priorities under network protection is to reduce intrusions into and disruptions of U.S. networks. As you know, many experts believe the attacks on American government and business networks have come from China, Russia, and other nations, and if not by those nations, governments, at least with a wink of an eye from them. Plus, whether true or not, many people believe that the United States was behind the Stuxnet virus that crippled centrifuges at Iranian nuclear facilities. Now, I'm not going to ask you about your views on those cyber attacks, but with these cyber incidents in mind, how would you assess the level of trust among nations to pursue common goals of safeguarding national networks, and what does your office need to do to achieve that trust? So a couple of things on that. First, I, I think you put this in the context of the overall goal that's articulated in the strategy, which is that we're going to work internationally to promote open, interoperable, secure, and reliable information and communications infrastructures. But part of the way to achieve that, and that's also laid out in the strategy, is that we're going to build and sustain an environment of which, uh, of which norms of responsible behavior guide states' actions. So we are, and we, we have been. We're not, I, should, I should note that the strategy is not starting from a ground stop. We've been doing a lot of work in this area, not just us, but other agencies throughout the government too, and this is a whole-of-government strategy, to try to do things like prevent intrusions and to protect our networks, and that's been an ongoing effort. One of the ways we do that, we engage with other countries. We engage with countries who agree with us. We engage with countries who don't agree with us. We make sure that there are, and we try to build a consensus around these norms of behavior, these norms of state to state action that builds more confidence around this area. We try to uh, come up with confidence building measures. That's one of the areas we've been working in with respect to the UN group of government experts, the upcoming conference that Foreign Minister Haig in the UK is going to be having in the fall. There's a number of efforts 
that are designed to, to build discussion between countries and reach out and actually both discuss and reach some agreements on this. And that's, that's been ongoing. The Internet truly has shown how interconnected the world is, and the international cyberspace strategy states that the interconnected global environment, weak security, and one-nation system compounds the risk to others. Another priority of the strategy is to ensure robust incident management, resiliency, and recovery capabilities for information infrastructure. How would that work, and how would that be achieved? Obviously, part of that is a domestic undertaking to make sure that you secure your own house and do all that you can to do that. But part of that is, you know, quite frankly, part of that is working with other countries to build cooperation. So when we're talking about incident response, for instance, DHS and other agencies have been working very hard to build cooperation with other countries in terms of incident response. DOJ has been working very hard to build law enforcement networks and law enforcement response. We've been working to, to support both of those efforts. Part of it also is having good uh, legal structures in place. When we talked about norms, which I did a moment ago, some of those norms are, are norms that involve laws that deal with cyber crime. And the Budapest Convention, as we call it, that was done by the Council of Europe, and many, many states are, are, are now joining, is one of the tools where you make yourself safer by making sure that criminals and criminal conduct is being thwarted. So that's all part of that diplomatic effort. Another priority of the strategy is to improve the security of the high-tech supply chain in consultation with industry. Simply, how can we be assured that the technology made abroad doesn't have viruses or other vulnerabilities built into them? What can be done internationally to secure the IT supply chain? That's another area, and as the strategy lays out, that's one of our priorities. We've laid out a set of priorities that are clear not just to us domestically, but now are clear to all of our partners around the world. Yeah, I think you really hit on it, Eric, that one of the key aspects of this is having a very strong dialogue with industry uh, who often understands these issues, sees these issues come up, and own most of the infrastructure. So part of the international strategy and part of what our office is doing, working with the rest of the government, is reaching out to industry and engaging with them on those those issues. And also, as you say, prioritizing that as one of our goals when we discuss other nations, discuss these topics with other nations. But talking about priorities, there are a lot of goals stated in this agenda. Is there a priority list? Are there certain things you're working on specifically now? Yeah, I'll give you some of them. One of the key things we're working on is we're making sure we're having a robust discussion about what the norms are in cyberspace. We had a very good meeting in the UN group of government experts. We talked about this issue. We've been making progress. There's been agreement that this is an important area. We've been carrying that forward in groups like the OSCE, the Organization for Security and Cooperation in Europe. There are other four where we'll be carrying this forward. We've been discussing issues like this in the G8 and the OECD. There's going to be a meeting in June that deals with Internet policy-making principles. So we are, we are engaging in all these different international fora to do that. Another priority is to do what the Secretary described in her speech on Monday, which is the real core of diplomacy, to build persistent, as she put it, persistent, patient, and creative diplomacy is what will get us to the end goal here. One of the, the other things we're doing is we're reaching out and making sure we, we find partnerships not just among our traditional allies, but also with a lot of the rest of the world that is facing these same issues as we are, so particularly with the developing world. And we're trying to do that both through outreach and diplomacy and capacity building, and so that's important. Another issue is, as I said, using our embassies around the world who can be uh, can both see things on the ground of what's coming, but also can be very effective at going to foreign governments and trying to enlist them to support this vision. And I should say, this vision, and the Secretary mentioned this too, this vision is not a uniquely U.S. vision. 
this is really a vision that is an international, this is a world vision. It may be that this is the president's strategy, but it's trying to reflect a, not a set of prescriptions, but a, a vision for the future of the Internet that's going to support societies and economy and innovation worldwide. So those are some of the priorities as we're standing up the office. You know, we are also working closely with our other government partners who have expertise, for instance, in cybercrime or military or uh, standards work like the Department of Commerce and the State Department and Commerce work very closely on those issues and Internet governance issues. We're trying to make sure that the multi-stakeholder governance model for the Internet continues. If you think about this, if you step back from this, and, and I've been involved in this area now, as you know, for a long time, for about over 20 years in different parts of this area, I think that the decisions that we're going to make over the next, really, I think, couple of years are going to determine what this technology, what cyberspace is going to look like over the next 10, 20, or 30 years, whether it's going to be the same open platform that's going to support commerce and free expression, or whether it will be balkanized, uh, lawless, and not support the things, the ultimate goals, which are the economic and free expression goals. Security is not an end in itself, as you know, but it's a way to make sure that the things we want to achieve are achieved, and, and that's an important part of this. I should say I'm very optimistic about this, too, because there are a lot of other countries that are seeing this. I mean, I think you've seen it, too, because you've covered this issue for such a long time, that it's become increasingly important at the highest levels of government here, but that's being mirrored around the world. Let's just switch gears just a bit, and let's take a look at the international cyber strategy from the perspective of a government agency or corporate CISO, Chief Information Security Officer, or others charged with protecting IT systems. So what does this mean to them? Obviously, if you're a CISO, your job is to make sure your networks are secure. You're trying to harden your targets. You're trying to build as much protection into your systems as possible so they don't get victimized by attacks. And if they do, if there are intrusions into your systems or there are vulnerabilities in your systems, you want to have a, a, the ability to bounce back. You want resiliency. And ultimately, you want those threats to be addressed so those threats will be reduced. So to give you a couple of examples, one way this is important is that if we build these understandings with other countries, let's take cybercrime, for instance. If we build a stronger cooperation with respect to cybercrime, when people try to intrude and try to attack these systems, there'll be accountability. There'll be consequences for them, and that will reduce the number of those attacks and make sure that those are redressed. And, you, and there's also a feedback loop in that because you might discover new vulnerabilities and new attack vectors and intrusion vectors you can feed back to that community. If you build international certs around the world, as DHS has been working to do, and, and having a cooperative relationship with them, you're able to get more of the vulnerability information and, and threat information exchanged that can be very useful to a CISO. In the long term, if we build an understanding between countries in terms of what the rules of the road are, what the norms are in cyberspace, that too ends up reducing the number of attacks because are or intrusions because what you're doing is you're, you're setting this is acceptable, this is not acceptable, this is the way that cyberspace should function, and that will help. I also would say that the CISOs, although they have the mission, they're sitting in their chairs and they have the mission of protecting their own system, it's important that they engage, too, that they find ways to plug into the work we're trying to do because they're part of the private sector, and I'm not someone who thinks the private sector is a monolithic group. There are many different parts of the private sector, and they're going to see things, and they're going to see imperatives, and they're going to see things that need to be addressed that we may not normally see, and it would be good for them to bring them to our attention. Uh, so I do think it will make things, I think it will help them, not just in the long term, but in the short term. Is there a way to determine whether the establishment of this office and this policy will be working? 
I think we've already seen some successes uh, just in the short time we've been here. We've been able to bring different parties together on issues who normally didn't really communicate, and, and that's been with respect to some of the issues that have been this bucket of issues where it then helps us have a much more holistic position. Can you give an example, bring people together who haven't communicated? We're dealing with an issue in a particular form uh, that came up, and I'm not going to get into the actual form, but there was a particular form that came up which looked like it was addressing just one part of this issue, just the Internet freedom part of the issue. But it turned out that that was really addressing a whole suite of issues, including governance and other insecurity issues. And I think before, we would not have been as well prepared to deal with all those issues and to understand how this went together and to be effective in that form. So that that's happened. We're going to measure our success, quite frankly, on how well we engage other partners around the world, how well we build this consensus, this community of interest. That's going to be the real telling part. Uh, if we're going to be successful in winning allies and friends and making partners in this area, and not just us. I mean, I should say that you know we're going to work closely, as we have before, with Justice, with Commerce, with DHS, with DOD, with the White House. I think our success will be measured in how much we see other countries coming and adopting this vision, which, as I said, is an international vision and not just a U.S. vision. We're already seeing that. We're already seeing far more discussion than I than I personally have seen over the last 20 years and just the last year with other countries who are now understanding how important this issue is. Any final thoughts? Personally, very excited to be here at the State Department. My very first federal job back in 1984 for six weeks between law school and a clerkship was at the State Department. So I feel like I've come home. I, I think there's a lot of excitement here, a lot of buying here. I really welcomed creating this structure here. I really think this is the moment. As I said, I think this is an inflection point for what the future of cyberspace will look like. And this is a major policy priority. And I'm just pleased to be able to uh, contribute to carrying forth this vision. I'm excited. I'm optimistic. I think that the strategy gives us an incredibly great platform to build on. It really says to the rest of the world and to our domestic audience what America stands for and why it is vital to us to find partners and to build consensus with our partners around the world. Thanks, Chris. Thanks. Good talking to you again. I've been speaking with Chris Painter, the State Department's Coordinator of Cyber Issues for GovInfoSecurity.com and Information Security Media Group. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.